0: Visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A S C E N T equity com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only.
1: If you're going to waste your time looking at something, if you're going to go there, make the offer. Even if you think it's too low, there's someone like me on the other end that might really need it. You might actually be helping them out.
2: If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify, the opportunities in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Eric Helbach, how you doing, Eric?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank
2: you. Well, I'm glad to hear that and a little bit about Eric. He's a full-time technology teacher. He is also a real estate investor. Surprise, surprise. He has bought eight single family rentals, ten condos, and a fifteen unit building. He does his own rehabs. He self manages and never buys from the MLS. He only buys distressed deals under market. His first flip, well that was in two thousand ten and it was a flop and he took two and a half years to sell that puppy based in Poughkeepsie, New York. We're gonna have a fun time, I think. So Eric, first you wanna give the best several listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus.
1: Sure. So my current focus is I'm looking larger. I'm looking at either multifamilies, maybe 15 to 30 units, or I'm looking for self-storage units. I put out a very small handwritten batch of yellow letters. I think it was about 22. And I got a phone call almost right away for a 75-unit self-storage with four commercial and four residential apartments. I didn't actually end up being able to close the deal. 1031 money got in the way and so I'm boarded out, and we're supposed to have our second meeting. So then I said, all right, I keep buying these single families. I keep buying condos, and i looking at small multifamilies. What am I going to do if I really do get an accepted offer? How am I going to pull the trigger on this right away? So I started selling off some of my smaller stuff, and I stacked a bunch of cash, so hopefully I could pull the trigger next time.
2: Okay. Well, let's rewind. Let's go back to the first flip that was a flop. Your words, not mine. It took two and a half years no, to No, no, I appreciate it. So what happened?
1: So I was as green as the day is long. I went to a couple of tax sales. I went to a couple of foreclosure sales. I was looking everywhere. I was looking at MLS properties. And one day I tried the Putnam County tax auction, which is probably about 45 minutes from my house. And there was a house that really no one was bidding on. I ended up picking up for $30,000 sight unseen. I got there very excited. I think I had $3,000 to my name. 2700 of it was with me, and 300 was in another bank account. You need 10% down to close. So I had them transfer the money so I could actually at least accept my deposit. Within 27 days, I needed the other 27000 I begged, borrowed, and stealed from friends and families, minus the stealing card. And I was able to close. I got there. It was a shell. The front looked pretty decent. It had new windows. There was a huge gap under the front door. And when I went in, it was a hoarder. The person had crazy signs on the wall that I think used to be posted in the front lawn about the town. It was a very bad situation. There was bricks thrown down the well. There was no sheetrock. There was no electric. There was no plumbing. It took me almost a year just to get permits. They just kept fighting me on everything, and I think it was bad blood from the last owner. The walls are 2 by 4 The ceilings are 2 by 6 They were telling me I had to go to 2012 Energy Codes, and they wanted me to build out all the walls, build out all the ceiling. It was pretty much a nightmare.
2: Okay, so you had 2,700 in one account, 300 in another. That was your 10 percent down payment, and you still hadn't seen the yep. property. Did you see the yep. property before you then borrowed from family and friends the remaining 27?
1: Uh, I saw the outside. <laughs> we'll say I'm, I'm very enthusiastic, so I was going through with it, no matter what. I wasn't going to lose my 3,000 dollars. The lemons was going to become lemonade. I kind of peeked through the window. I had an idea of what I was getting into, but not really, like every new investor.
2: You you didn't have access to go inside at that time?
1: Oh no, not at all, no. Okay.
2: But you could get a good idea by looking through the windows from the outside, what you're about to undertake. So you're full steam ahead regardless at this point in time. And you're like, you know what, I'll find a way.
1: And that's it. And that goes into my best real estate advice ever is no matter what, take action. I hear guys all the time, that are green as I was, that listened to podcasts. At that point, I didn't know anything about podcasts. I didn't know anything about even meetups or anything. I just knew I wanted to do this. I hear guys tell me that they're not finding any deals. And I said, well, how many offers did you make last week? Well, I looked at one house. But how many offers? At the end of the day, you got to take action. Without it, you're really not going to be able to find any deals.
2: So two and a half years, how did it turn out financially?
1: It was great. So I'll tell you a horrible story. I thought it was funny. Chase just came out with the take a picture of your check and it'll go right into your account. In New York State, you need lawyers. I didn't bring a lawyer, and I still was able to close somehow. And I took a picture of the check as I was being handed. I sold it for 130. I bought it for 30. I put a little time into it. I didn't lose any money. I didn't make a ridiculous amount. I think I made 50 or so profit, but it took a 50? long time. It Five my, zero. Yeah, I think maybe 50,000 or maybe 60,000. It was my college education though. So, I took a picture of the check, and the lawyer asked me what I was doing. I said, oh, "I just deposited my account." I thought I was being funny. They were totally freaking out because I didn't actually close on it yet. <laughs> I thought this was funny, you know. They didn't find it so funny. I said, "To be honest with you, I just never seen a hundred thousand dollar check before. I grew up with not so much money, so and that was my first deal."
2: All right. And why did it take two and a half years? Because the permits took a year.
1: The permits took a year. I was doing everything nights and weekends, and like I said, I really had no money. So I was taking on side jobs to pay for material, and then I was doing the work myself after work and on weekends. Again, still not knowing about a network, not knowing about hard money or private money. At some point, I actually even got so desperate that I saw those signs that we call bandit signs. At the time, I didn't know what they were. I just knew that I was hurting, and I'll tell you the truth. I still use that pain every time. I make an offer. I think about I might be actually helping them Mm -hmm. by buying their place because I know if someone made me even a halfway decent offer, they would have been really helping me. But the tenacity got me through it, and I ended up doing pretty well because of it.
2: You made the phone call. What happened as a result of that conversation?
1: I think they made me such a low-ball offer, like almost what I originally paid. And At this point, I was already a year and a half, almost two years into it, and I think they made me a $45,000 offer or something like that. And I think I was probably about 60 or 65 into it. And I just said, you know what? I've made it this far. I'll figure it out. And I'm going to get this done.
2: What were those closest to you saying about the project when you're at that stage in, in the process?
1: It's really crazy because I didn't really have too many naysayers. Even my wife was very supportive. When I brought it to the house and the trees were growing into the house, and there's a pile of dirt in the front of the house. And I walked her in and it was literally a hoarder. So it was full. She's like, all right, cool. And when I brought my mom there, I cut down a tree. And the tree was hollow on the inside, so it actually fell into the house. (laughs) And I grabbed the extension cord and I pulled it off the house because it was a pretty thin tree. And she's like, you're going to figure this out. You're going to do it. So it was kind of crazy because everything says I should have failed or everything in my head said I should have failed, but I didn't. And like I said, I still use that same feeling to this day. Every time I'm going to make an offer, I, I think about, you could do this, you're probably helping the other person and do something that works for you.
2: How many family members were involved on that deal?
1: It was me and actually my mom lent me some money. I think she lent me 20 or 25,000. Then I basically worked a lot to get the rest of the money to finish the rehab.
2: So now let's move on to how you parlay that into building your portfolio. How'd that take place?
1: So Shortly after it actually closed, I think it was a matter of two months, I went to the Dutchess County Tax Four Quarter Auction, and I picked up a condo, and I got there, and I opened the door. It was unlocked, and I'm looking around. It was a drug den in an actually a pretty nice area.
2: How did you afford it? Sound sounded like all your money was going towards that house at the time. Oh, company.
1: once I sold. I'm so sorry. I sold. I got 130000 I paid back my mother. I went to Ireland with my wife, and I bought a small backhoe, because every guy needs a backhoe, right? I still had a large amount of money left. And I went to the tax vocalist rush and I said, Hey, I might as well try this again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I bought this condo that was a crack house and I'm looking around like, Oh my God, I did it all over again. What am I getting myself into? And one of the neighbors comes in and says, does Anthony know you're here? And I said, <laughs> who's Anthony? And I said, the guy that lives here. And I said, I just bought this tax auction. And they're like, he's in jail.
0: And I said, "Uh
1: Oh, I said, what for? And they're like, He's a, a violent man, and he assaulted one of the neighbors. And I said, all right, great. It Sounds like I have to go to prison. <laughs> so I went down to the jail. after calling my lawyer. My lawyer told me I had to evict victim, And it took about three meetings with him, and he basically said, what are you proposing? And I'm like, I'll put all your stuff in self-storage until you get out, and I'll give you a couple hundred bucks. And he more or less told me that anything of value was stolen already, so I didn't have to put anything in storage. And I said, great. So I'll double the amount of money I was going to give you. So for the next week or so, I put money in his commissary because you can only do a certain amount a day. And within a week, I pretty much had that place gutted, bathroom redone, kitchen redone, the walls painted, and I was just waiting for carpets. So I think about three weeks after I spoke to Anthony and had him agree to our terms, I had a tenant in there.
2: That's great. That's Uh, a quick turnaround because if one would describe the situation leading up to that, hey... You've got a house that has had a lot of drug activity, and the person there is in jail, so you've got to work this all out and then turn it around. I'd bet the over on, if someone said a month, on getting it turned around, I'd certainly say way more than one month.
1: So I just want to clarify, it was three weeks after I actually spoke to Anthony in the prison that he accepted for me to discard all this stuff. Okay. So it was probably a little over a month, maybe a month and like a week or so. But yeah, the condo turnarounds were really, really quick. And within that time, the same real estate agent I continued to call over and over called me and I was just at the last licks of turning this and he said, hey, I have an off market deal. Then within the next couple of months, I bought a couple of more condos and condos, became my wife's favorite thing because she knew I was in and out really, really quick. I think the fastest condo we ever do is two weeks from the time that I started talking to them. And the thing that takes the longest was getting carpets.
2: And you're flipping these condos, correct?
1: At one point, I had a nice portfolio of condos as a rentals. I think I had seven, but I did flip quite a bit of condos. And one of my favorite techniques is I'd get the owner to agree to allow me to do the work before I own them. So... Basically, for them, the only risk would be if someone got hurt, I guess. But I'm not that type of guy anyway. But the reward was if something was to happen and I didn't close, they got all the repairs for free. So, yeah, I did that quite a bit of times. I want to say not this summer, but the summer before, I did two condo flips. I was able to do all the rehabs before I owned them. One, I had an accepted offer before I even owned it. And I was selling them off market like Facebook, Craigslist. And it was through an agent. An agent called me and said, Eric, your name's not on it. Do I have the right address? I said, let me just send you a copy of my contract from the other owner. I want you to know that I'm not lying here and I'm closing next week. Mm -hmm. And she said, all right, I'll explain it to the new homeowner. And the day I closed, we went into contracts for me to sell it to the other person.
2: What is it about condos that makes it so quick relative to homes?
1: So on the condo, the only thing I'm really rehabbing is either one or two bedrooms. So usually we're painting the walls, patching any holes. We update all the lighting and all the outlets to decor, as well as all the switches. Stainless steel appliances, if the cabinets are in decent shape, I paint them. And if they're in horrible shape, I buy stock off the shelf Home Depot cabinets. And the bathroom, we usually could keep the tubs, and we just do the tiles around the bathtub over. So it's really in and out. Literally, I'll drop a guy off before work, and then when I get there, I'll work until nine, 10 o'clock, and then uh, start all over the next day. So it's a lot of painting, a lot of fluff and buff or lipstick on a pig, get it ready to take her to the dance.
2: And so let's talk about the 15-unit building. How would you get that deal?
1: All right. So I was finishing a house. seems like the last 10 years it's been nonstop. Finish one house, start all over, do it all over again. So I was finishing a house that I bought at another tax sale, and now it's probably February, late February. I just got a tenant. And I tell my wife, I'm going to take a little time off. We have two crazy dogs. We just got sod and I'm watering the grass and my mind just keeps going back to real estate. So as I'm watering the grass every night, I'm calling every wholesaler I know, everyone I know from networking, from going to all the local meetups and real estate meetings and nobody sees any deals. We're talking 2018, right? So March of 2018. So the market's actually pretty strong and uh, nobody has anything. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start cold calling. And I started going on Craigslist. I started going on Facebook. People that had things listed for rent, I'm asking if they ever thought about selling. A good friend of mine named Bob, he's a genius. He's great. Me and him sit together and we made a list of four to 20 unit buildings in the Dutchess County area outside of Poughkeepsie City or, or Beacon. And basically, I just sat there and I looked up all their names. I would find them if they had an LLC. I would basically find out what address their mail was going to, and a lot of times it was their own primary address. So I'd look up who owns that house, and then I'd call them. I got to a lady named Barbara Marshall, who owned a 15-unit building in Wappingers, and she was like my third appointment. Out of the 144-unit list, I had three appointments with, I'd say, 20 calls. So something about her said, go to this one first, which I did, and I sat with her for probably three hours for three days in a row. And on the third one, I'm like, we have to talk money. Now, I think she had it listed two years or three years prior to that at $1.2 million. She told me that she wouldn't take a dollar less than 800000 So we talked back and forth. And then I said, oh, wow, this is going to happen. So I said, I have to raise some money. So I put out to my network, and I was very surprised. I had three or $400,000 lined up within a couple of days. And then I wasn't sleeping at night. So I called up everyone and said, hey, guys. I've done a lot of single family. I've done a lot of condos. I've never done a multifamily. I'm a little nervous. And I can't do this to you guys, so I'm going to bow out gracefully. So I took money out of my retirement. I took money out of whatever funds I had. I think I refinanced the property. And I came up with $180,000. I think she wanted 350 down. So I reached out to a guy that I mentored, another teacher, who just finished a burr, He did a nice rehab, and then he took all his money out a year prior. And I've been... Mentoring him at that point, probably a year, year and a half. I said to him, Hey, I know you have the cash. I'm going to offer you something. And I think you'd be crazy to say no. And he jumped all over it. And within nine to 10 months, we had the rent roll.
2: What'd you offer him?
1: I offered him half. I gave him everything, 100%. 50 50. Yeah. Oh, so 50 so 50
2: ownership. And what was his role?
1: Basically, we self manage everything, we rehab everything ourselves, and mm-hmm. we basically are partners. So he had to come up with 175,000. I came up with 175,000. I think it was roughly 350, and I think she was going to hold the note at 454. I think the total was 754, but then we wanted a little slush fund for repairs because there was a lot of deferred maintenance. So I think a total—I think we brought together—I think 805,000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we went from a rent roll of 10,200 to I think we're around 143 or so right now, wow. a year and a couple months. Yeah, but within the first nine months, we were pretty stable at 13.8 or 14, or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. What were some challenges post closing that came up?
1: Actually, there was none. The hardest thing for me was to finish up some projects. Because of my cold calling efforts, not only did I get that property, but I also grabbed two condos and another house, and I was flipping all three of them. So the two condos I already had sold and the house I was trying to finish. I tried to actually sell it off to a couple other investor friends I know. That didn't work out. I was so close to the end and I, I think I was just asking one forty was like valued at like two twenty or so. And it needed like five grand worth more work. But I think at that point I just said, you know what, Barbara, do you mind if we just hold off a couple more weeks so I could just wrap up this current project? And I was also having my second child. So I had a lot going on the day of my inspection by my, my daughter <laughs> Olivia. So She actually told all the tenants that we were going to do a walkthrough and then she postponed it. She was great throughout the whole process. Since I've sold a lot of properties this year, my goal was to get ready for say a larger unit or self storage and have a nice down payment, a couple hundred thousand. I want to look two to 3 million. So I wanted to have a nice chunk down. So when I was selling off my properties, I actually offered to buy her out of the mortgage that she's holding for us. And she started to cry. She said, Eric, you guys have been great to me. Please don't sell it. Please don't refinance it. Please don't give my money. I look forward to this money every month. You pay me early. So I didn't need to buy her out. I just assumed it would be a win-win, you know? So she's still holding the note. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when you started cold calling, you mentioned it briefly, but I'd like to learn more about it. What sources did you use to find the owners to then call?
1: I'm 41 years old, but I'm so technology illiterate. It's insane. I literally go on Facebook if I see someone renting a place. Hey, how are you? I'm Eric Kellbach. I buy houses. Have you ever thought about just maybe selling? If you someone, I go to the town. I ask if they have any leads or if they know anyone that's been hit with violations. You go lawyer, what what um,
2: office in particular?
1: Dutchess County, um, the building department in Dutchess County in Poughkeepsie.
2: Okay. All right.
1: So I talk to everyone. I'm very friendly. I offer people money. Currently, I'm working on a flip that my lawyer gave me. I gave him a nice tip. I gave his assistant a nice tip as well. Paralegal. I apologize. I believe in taking care of people around you, but I'm not very computer savvy. So if I see someone listing a place for rent or for sale, I call them.
2: And then four to 20 unit buildings.
1: Oh, now now my friend Bob is very computer literate. So he's also an agent. So I told him to pull any off-markets. And he asked me how far back, and I said, as far as you could go. I don't care, as, as long as from 4 to 20 units. That was ever on MLS or LoopNet or whatever sources he had. Mm-hmm. So we get together once a month to like a networking, just to hang out, be together, and he handed me a list, and I went right to town on it. I what actually was... still haven't even called everyone on the list. Uh,
2: how many were on the list, approximately?
1: 144.
2: 144. Now, an ambitious guy like you, that surprises me. You haven't called everyone. How come?
1: <laughs> because now my mind is thinking bigger mm. and I'm afraid that Bob, he's the angel on the one shoulder. He's always saying, Eric, what are you doing? Stop getting distracted. You know, stay focused. If you want multifamily because I'm an opportunist like right now I'm JVing two deals. If I see an opportunity to make money, I get involved. So I love this business. I really do. So I do tend to get distracted and I'm afraid if I start cold calling these people, I'll be busy tied up for another six months. I wasn't looking for the current flip I'm involved in, and now I'm hopefully closing in the next month or so on another flip, which I wasn't looking for as well, but they keep happening. And I guess it's when you fill up that funnel, things keep dripping down, right? So uh, these are old things that just kind of (laughs) happen.
2: You mentioned it already, but if you have any additional advice, I'd love to hear it. What's your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: The one was take action and make the offer. If you're going to waste your time looking at something, if you're going to go there, make the offer. Even if you think it's too low, there's someone like me on the other end that might really need it. You might actually be helping them out. The lady that we bought her building, her husband was very sick. Timing was perfect. The last time she tried to sell it, I think about half the building left because it went up for sale. So I happened to hit him at the perfect timing. Same thing. Just make the offer. That's my best advice.
2: We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? First quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. What's the best of a resource you couldn't live without as a real estate investor?
1: The people around me, the network, It's really unmatched. It's really nice to have good people around here.
2: What deal have you lost the most money on?
1: I've never lost money.
2: What's the best ever deal you've done?
1: Last summer, when we bought the building, one of the three flips, I bought for very little and I made a little over a hundred and some thousand in less than two months.
2: What would you attribute that to?
1: Against what everyone says, I'm there, I'm working, I'm there doing the work with the people, I'm managing myself.
2: But you're doing that with others. So comparing that one to the other ones, what made this one stand?
1: I bought it the right price. I bought that for fifty four thousand. I put fifty or so into it and we sold it at two twelve.
2: And what allowed you to buy it at that price versus others buying at that same discount?
1: Here's the crazy thing you asked what my best resource was or what thing I couldn't live without. My network, I happened to sit next to someone at a real estate meeting and the guy asked me if I'd look at a house with them. I did. And he asked me what I thought of it and how much I thought the repairs would be. I told him ninety thousand. If you're paying people, and he said, "Oh my God, I bought into this program. We buy ugly houses." And it came up exactly ninety thousand. He's like, "This is way too much work for me. Would you want to buy it from me?" And we went back and forth on a price. I think he had to end a contract for forty. We settled at fifty-four that I buy from him instead of ninety thousand. I did work with subcontractors as well. And I think we were out for fifty and fifty-four, so like a hundred and four.
2: Best ever way you like to give back to the community.
1: I host a local meetup. I help people. Unfortunately, sometimes I'm brutally honest with them. I'll say things like, well, how many offers are you making? Well, what are you doing? And there's a famous quote that I love if it's important to you, you'll find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. I talk to other investors, like I talk to my students at school. I tell them, you can't be upset with the results. You didn't do the work. I talk to people. I meet up on Saturday mornings at Starbucks before my kids are awake, and I'll drive people around, show them what I'm doing. A lot of networking. That's my give back.
2: And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing?
1: They could call me. I think you put my phone number and my name on your show notes. I buy broken houses at gmail.com or my phone number is 845 444 6053 and that's my cell. I answer my calls. If I don't call you, leave me a message and I'll get you call cool back right
2: away. Partnering up with someone, picking up the phone, calling people who have a place for rent, and then also when you found those four to 20 unit properties or specifically the 15 unit that you purchased and have increased the NOI substantially in a year and, and change, it is partnering up with someone who can pull off-market leads and then reaching out to them and giving them a call. Simple as that, but takes effort, takes consistency, and there you go. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day,
1: and Eric will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it, and I appreciate your podcast.